Welcome to Kashris on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashris Magazine. And tonight's show is going to be a very, very varied one. Uh, I hope I can cover most of the things that are sitting in front of me. Let me just tell you some of the highlights of what we're going to be discussing tonight. I'm going to tell you a little bit about a car ride that I had in Motzei Shabbos. I'm going to share with you some of the items that are going just went out today in the Kashrus Monthly. We we sent out a monthly update of Kashrus to some of the readers who the ones who subscribe to it. It's a it's a goes out every month, and it, I pay a little extra for that. So uh, we we just mailed it out today, and I want to share with a couple of the points that mentioned there. Hashem. And then uh, we want to discuss uh, some of the things we discussed last week. We were mentioning a little bit about, I think it was last week, I don't remember anymore, uh, about the, the, the problem with the, uh, with the school system, whether challenging in New York State, or challenging the yeshivas. I want to mention one point about that. And then I want to tell you about uh, a, an email that I got from a gentleman, very interesting gentleman. I spent a little time with him, and we're going to be spending some more time it seems that he responded to what we mentioned last week about the noise at the chasanas. And he has a, yes, an earplug gemach. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. And But his real love is about tefillin. And he has an organization called TAP, Tefillin Awareness Project, which goes out to different schools and yeshivas. They can get it to come to your yeshiva or, for your, or your shul for nothing it costs zero dollars. The outlay every week is about six hundred dollars or more for each week that he has this, and he has it at least once a week. He's gone to six hundred yeshivas and shuls over the last twelve years since the Torah. I'm sorry, the Tefillin Awareness Project has been operating. It's a, a, a nonprofit. He doesn't make any money on it. And it's one of the most amazing stories. I'm going to share a little bit with you now. I hope to have him on the show, or at least I'm doing an article about him, probably from the next issue of the magazine. So that's pretty exciting. If we have time, I will get to um, what's going on in Belgium. But if I don't, I got to tell you, I just got a letter. when I, Before I came to the studio, I got a letter from somebody in prison. Who, it's jail, it's prison. Uh, he's written me a few times, and uh, I share with you, it's a very interesting letter. And it's not just a letter, he has a court case. And I want you to get inside it, because I want you to see what I have to deal with, <laughs> and what's going on, Nebuch, and people who are incarcerated, what's, what's the challenges they have, and how they're dealing with it. It's a very... It's not as sad or whatever, moving, it's a moving letter like that, but it's very, very interesting. And I'm going to ask you if you can help me, anybody could send me some information to guide me a little bit in how I'm going to answer, because what I answer is going to make it into the court, and I'd like to be careful about that. So that's a little bit what we're going to talk about. Since I mentioned the car ride, I might as well tell you what happened there. It's not a very long story. I like to pick people up on the way back from Lakewood if I'm going in the car alone. So I picked up a few boys going to Yeshivas in Brooklyn, and one engaged in a conversation with me the whole the whole way. The other one was sleeping in the back. <laughs> the one in the front seat was talking to me nonstop. 
He gave me Masechta that he's learning, learning Yavamas. It was challenging. I had to drive and think out Yavamas at the same time. It was not a simple issue. And then he and then he wanted to get he wanted to get all the all the Yoridea that he, he got for me in one car ride, <laughs> you know. And he asked me the he, he asked me the a question. Uh, tell me, Rabbi Wickler, uh, one thing that everybody must know about Kashrus. You know, so I said to him, "You want the the whole Yoridea while I'm sitting behind the wheel." You know, like all the regalachas, it's not possible to give you, you know, the Torah, Torah HaKashras. I said, but we can sum it up into one thing, Lashon Hara. You have to know the halachas of Lashon Hara if you want to know anything about Kashras. Because when you open your mouth and you ask about this rabbi or that rabbi, this hashkoch or that hashkoch, is this good enough, it's not good enough, you're right away into Lashon Hara, and you can only do it according to the rules of the Chofetz Chaim in, uh, in the Sefer Chofetz Chaim, how to do things without breaking the laws of, of, of Lashon Hara. Somebody got very frustrated with the Chofetz Chaim when he wrote his Sefer. They said, you wrote a Sefer, now he can't talk at all. The Chavetz Chaim said to him, no, now you can talk, because now you know what you can say and you can't say. Before my Sefer, you couldn't talk, because you didn't know what you could say. <laughs> so really, uh, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful thing to know the Hilachas of Lashon Hara, because you really do need to think of it all the time. I got a challenging call this week. Somebody called me up who does a show, and he didn't tell me who he was. Didn't tell me. I just figured out because I recognized the voice. And he asked me certain questions. Very interesting. And it ties into this issue of Lashon Hara. Baruch Hashem. I was, I was well behaved. And nothing got said that was inappropriate. But it was a very interesting call. I'm not going to go into that one this time. Anyway, he asked me one more thing. And you know, what should I do? What one thing should I do? I say, I say Lacharav. <laughs> Get a Rav. And then ask him. Now, I want to share with you a couple of highlights of things that I'm putting out. I just put out in the Kashmir's Monthly. These things get into the, the, into the magazine later on, but they don't get in right away. So, you know, it's till the next magazine is another six weeks or so. This way, the people get the Kashmir's Monthly. They're up to date on everything that's happening. So last week, somebody called me up. And uh, he said that uh, there's a problem out there in, uh, in Lakewood. There's certain products that are being sold in the stores that shouldn't be sold. And he shared it with me, and I investigated a little bit, not too much. <laughs> and, and I came up with a little bit of a language. And it's posted all over Lakewood. <laughs> you can't go two inches into without seeing this. I didn't have anything to do with it. I just gave him permission to, uh, I mean, I, the wording I... I, I controlled the wording, but I didn't see it any. You know, he he went around putting these things up or telling people to put them up. So if you saw something in Lakewood or heard about it, yes, it is authorized by me, although I never saw one of the actual signs, and hopefully it, it's what I authorized. Uh, basically, here's the way I wrote it, which is a little different than the way it appears in the uh, on the signs because it was written for me there. This is just a, a blurb in the uh, Cautious Monthly. Frozen Dole raspberries, Dole Marion blackberries, Dole mixed berries, and Dole cherry berry blend. 
See, all these have, even though it says cherry, you know, it's the berries. It has two types of berries. It says blackberries and raspberries. And nobody that I know who is responsible is giving hashgacha on blackberries and raspberries. They don't. In the frozen, they don't. I don't know any. Maybe they. Maybe there are. I mean, again, it could be there are. But I said they should be avoided due to insect infestation issues. They cannot be cleaned. To the best of my knowledge, we cannot clean them properly. Doesn't mean, uh, you know, I, I know what raspberries are. I, I saw them when I was a kid growing up. I know what they are. You know, I used to, we used to have them in the backyard. I know what it is, and I know what you're looking for. And I know it's, it's, a, it's a challenge to get these little maggots out. So it's real. It's a real issue. And the, and the blackberries haven't been used even before the raspberries were stopped being used. And it's by everybody they're not using it. So this dole raspberries and marrying blackberries and dole mixed berries and dole cherry berry blend, it, they, they're, they're, it's considered muxabatoloyim. And they're being sold in from stores. I said in Brooklyn Lakewood, I didn't check the stores. I figure if it's in all the Lakewood from stores, it might have hit one or two of the from stores here in Lake, in Brooklyn too. I don't know. I'm just saying that because I want to make everybody aware that you can't just pick up a package and figure, oh. And now what's interesting is some of the dole frozen have a hashgacha. I'm not going to discuss who, what, why, and where, but have a hashgacha. This thing has a K on it. And the K is from a rabbi who in my magazine I wrote as traditional. I'm caught in how to deal with him. But I call him traditional. And he, in the letter that he wrote to the company, said that Orthodox people will want to clean these specially or check them specially. But on the dole package, it just has a plain K. You don't see the letter of certification from this rabbi. So it's a very, very, very interesting situation. I can only tell you, you avoid these like the plague. If you see a decent Ashkola you used to, that's fine. I'm not saying all dope. Talking about blackberries and raspberries that are in these four products. Now the next one is very interesting because one of my dear friends put it on his list of uh, information, and I had to, you know, make a slight change to what they put out. It says, uh, uh, this is how I wrote it. A recall has been made of the following brands and locations of infants' ibuprofen, concentrated oral suspension, berry-flavored dye-free. Sorry for all those words. It basically is you know, uh, a fever control, you know, a bufferin. So it's it's infants in bufferin, concentrated oral suspension, berry flavor, dye-free. There are three names here. Equate, CV Health, and Family Wellness. Equate is sold in the Walmart stores. CVS Health is sold in CVS pharmacy stores. And, fi- and Family Wellness is sold in Family Dollars services, so the the, the the family dollar stores. So so you have now three products. Here's what it says: they have been a with a recall made. Now uh, I'm not going into why it was recalled, but it, 
But the reason it was recalled is that there is too much concentration there, and it could and a and an infant could have a negative reaction to this. So you don't want to use it. You don't, and that's why it's a recall. And I actually have the the numbers. You know, okay. And it is a website. You can get the whole thing on a website, but you can call this number if you want information. 732-940-0358. That's the number. 732-940-0358 if you want details about this. But this is what I wrote, which no, the other people didn't have. Since these medicines contain high amounts of glycerin, and glycerin, by the way, is sweet-flavored, it's there to make things taste good. They're not recommended for use even after the product has been corrected. In other words, we don't advise you to use these. Why am I mentioning it? Because the whole world was mentioning it, including some of the kosher publications. But I wanted to add on that you can't use it. And what should you do? You should go to the websites of the Star K or the crcweb.org, that's CRC from Chicago, crcweb.org, and you'll get, uh, you'll get good recommendations of which, uh, which the infant uh, you know, aspirins and uh, bufferins to use. That's all. The third one I'm mentioning now, you may have heard of, maybe didn't hear of, but it was a little striking to me. ShopRite trading, that's what I mean ShopRite stores, sparkling white grape juice, and ShopRite trading sparkling red grape juice has an unauthorized OU. So I thought that's interesting, right? But I gave the specific numbers, uh, the UPC numbers, but that's it. You watch out for the white, the, the ShopRite white grape juice or red grape juice. Oh, it has an OU. Unauthorized OU. And that's just three items. And uh, now... Since I mentioned that, that letter, I want to share with you a little bit about that letter. Although I'm not anywhere near ready to handle this letter. It just got, I literally opened it five minutes before I, I left to do the show. So I didn't really have a chance to read through it. It's, um, it's a lengthy 15-page document uh, of the court case. And uh, this gentleman's letter to me, which I can't give you any details about, so I'm going to just give you a, a basic understanding. This fellow has a special problem in that he's uh, vitamin B deficient and uh, B12 deficient. And he has to take special shots, which he asked me about in the injections, whether he could take them for certain reasons. And um, he thanked me very much for uh, the, the letter I gave him regarding those injections. And now he has a law case uh, together with other people to, uh, to get kosher, to get meat on Shabbos and Yom Tov and to get uh, milk, dairy products on Shavuos and to, um, and to, try to make sure that the that there's no commingling of the trafe and the kosher, which is a biggie. That's a biggie. That's that's a, a tough one to get done in a, you know, there's it's one thing giving you a meal, it's another thing watching how the the the, 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 the dishes and the silverware is washed and, and and having somebody in the protecting it in the kitchen and 
It's a whole avoid if, if, if they want to do it properly. So that's their case. And he's coming to me. First of all, he thanked me that we have a special rate for people who are incarcerated who are getting the magazine, which I, I'm doing that since the beginning. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I get every year from people who are incarcerated and uh, get a lot of letters. Some people, uh, they, 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 they send me, used to send me postage stamps to help pay for it. Yeah, they're usually able to get a small amount of money. It's very, I don't charge very much because I want them to be able to have it. I also have some free distribution that goes out to 300 uh, people, but this is not in the free distribution. In any event, uh, the lawsuit is uh, a pretty sticky one, and they're trying their best. And I wanted to share with you from the lawyer's uh, piece that he's writing here, some interesting things. Um, they, what they happened is they're, they're giving these people who want kosher vegan meals. So they don't get meat and they don't get dairy. And they've heard and they've learned somehow that we do have meat on Shabbos and Yom Tov and that we have it uh, on, on Shavuos, we would have dairy and that those are definitely in the level of Minig and, and he wants me to give him a little more source material or to help him understand that a little bit better, which is what I'm going to do. And then he, um, so there, it, it's a little interesting, the question about the commingling or the cross-contamination of kosher and treif. I'm going to just uh, simplify it here that there's a judge who wrote a, a special report and basically said, recommended that the court dismiss these people's uh, claim uh, about uh, their, their claim that uh, they're washing trays and utensils in a way that's course contaminates between kosher and non-kosher. And this is what the, they say. They found allegations regarding how uh, the, the prison is washing uh, the washing procedures. Now, I don't, obviously, they don't have cameras there, and obviously, they may not have anybody who was actually there. They just happen to know a little bit about how the thing is washed, and you would know that it has to be compromised. I mean, in the best of homes, it's sometimes compromised when they're dealing 99% trafe, and all this is just not, this is not even halal. This is just plain, uh, you know, just plain vegan which they have many people who are not interested in kosher getting the vegan. I mean, you're thinking that they're going to be careful about these people who keep kosher, that their silverware is, is fine, and, and the people, kind of people who work in the back of these facilities are so careful with it. I mean, please, maybe they don't have enough physical proof, but it's, it's, it's very far-fetched that things are done properly in the back of such a, uh, such a uh, prison. Another thing I wanted to point out is this. There's a um, there's a case, McKenzie versus uh, uh, one of the Department of Corrections, one of the states, and in in McKenzie, meat and dairy is sufficiently significant to an adherent of the Jewish faith, and thus their rights were violated, uh, and thus that their rights were violated by the vegan diet. 
So in other words, they couldn't prove it. And there's a whole discussion of where they're deriving it from and whether they forth we have different uh, you know points of uh, of whether or not the um, there's anything that compels eating meat on Shabbos I think it's amazing that this this is going into court uh, and, and you know there are plenty of vegans who don't eat meat on Shabbos and Yom Tov so here we're going to record with a with somebody who's being given a vegan diet and wants to have meat and the only reason having a vegan diet is because the government doesn't want to spend the money for the kosher diet, and they they, they figured this was the the easiest way to handle their complaint, and yet they're depriving them of uh, the, the basic enjoyment of of meat and and all the dairy, and it's uh it's a, it's very interesting that uh, the gentleman is uh, vitamin B12 deficient and has to have special shots. And you know, and I know that that means that he does need the uh, he needs the kind of protein that's and the, he needs the kind of uh, uh, the, the liver and the meat the the, the 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 from the from the blood he needs that. Um, nevertheless, the sixth court has held that a prison imposes a substantial burden on the religious exercise of inmates by not denying them access the food necessary to adhere to their religious beliefs. And they go into this back and forth, and I'm not, I can't really discuss it here now on the radio, and I'm just going to let you know that I'm being asked to explain how, what the position of the Shulchan Aruch is. What is the halachic position? And, uh, I mean, I, I know that they're going to be quoting me in this uh, in this case, so I have to sit down and work it through a little bit myself. But as I said, I only got a few minutes before I came here, and then I have to get something out and probably discuss it with some rabbana before I send anything out. And that's uh, sort of an interesting uh, little part of what's going on. Now, we're going to have time, I hope, because I see there's time, there's plenty of time left. We hope we're going to get to discuss Rabbi Vaya's recommendations for Tubishvat. But I hope also that we're not going to really go into it too far today because I'm waiting for Rabbi Goldstein, David Goldstein's updates, which are not ready yet. He always goes down to the wire. And I hope by next Monday to have it and be able to discuss it with you. And I'll tell you why it's important not to give it today what I have because I have it all here. I actually have three different <laughs> yeah, three different lists. One is in Hebrew. We can, you know, that's for Israel, and it's really not for us. Then there's two more. One is an English one for Israel, and one is an English one for the USA. And what I'm telling you is very, very important. There are going to be out there four of these things next week, and you're going to see them. I don't know which ones you're going to see, but they're not the same. They're all from Rabbi Vaya. They're all from his book, Badika Samozo. But Rabbi Goldstein is on this continent, and he has a very strong hand in what's going on, knows very, very well what's going on in the U.S. And not to say that he's going to disagree with Rabbi Vaya, but he might clarify it in a different way. So I'm waiting to give the final understanding until I hear from Rabbi Goldstein on the entire package. I spoke to him today about it.
Now, one of the things that, uh, again, we have three different things, three different lists, one in Hebrew and two that are updated for this year. One just says updated 5779, and the other list means if you don't have the one that says USA, then even though it's in English, it's all about Israel. So don't get confused when you see a list or you get a list. Make sure you're getting something that's talking about USA. And I would advise you to make sure that you see Rabbi Goldstein's list, which is going to come out very close to the end here. And I'm going to try my best to get the information to you on Monday in case I can't. So then maybe I'll be able to invite you to email me, me and I'll be able to email you back or something like that. But if I get it late, but he will come out with one. He always has. And, um, and, 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 and if I share this with you tonight, you're going to have things that are, are confusing to you. So I might get to a few of the points so you'll get at least a start on it. But tune in next week for sure. We hope to be doing that. Everything will be well. Now, I want to just mention briefly about this thing with the, uh, you know, with the law case and against, uh, I mean, not the law case, the new um, guidelines for the New York State for the yeshivas. Now, there was a, uh, there's a, a publication that printed a whole story about how high the scores are in the yeshivas. And it's really interesting. I want to share it with you. But I want you to understand in a perspective. The region scores, it definitely shows you a lot about the schools. But I hope you understand that in some schools, they don't take regions. And some, and some schools, they don't push the regions. And so, and, and, and in, some, in, some, in Hasidic yeshivas in general, they don't even have regions for boys. They don't even study it. They don't have any English subjects past the eighth grade in many of the Hasidic yeshivas. So it's, you know, it's a little bit unfair, this listing that I'm going to give you now. And I think it's the wrong approach. I think it's completely wrong to stress that we get higher scores than the public school. Obviously, the, the main reason it's not a good idea is because if we wouldn't get higher, then they, if they get better, we got to do harder. And besides that, what is about the schools that don't do so great in the regions or don't have regions? Are we going to say that they're substandard? That's what we're going to lose. The only way is everybody sticks together and talks about it as yeshivas, and we have rights to teach what we want to teach as long as we're doing certain kind of things, and uh, we can't be dictated exactly what and how to teach as long as we're doing equivalent. And I think we're doing more than equivalent, as I spoke about last week. But listen to these scores. They were really exciting. I, I, that much I'll tell you. It's just that I think it's, it points to a few things that we don't really want to stress. The yeshivas earned 19 out of the top 20 uh, averages in private school scores in New York's English language arts exam. In Base Yaakov High School for Girls in Brooklyn, the average of the school was 91.1. Bobov's Congregation Machna Shalva 
in Shari Torah, Beis Yaakov Academy, got 89.6, 87.3, and 87.2. Well, 87.2 is not 90. But what was the the local public school average? 58.4. Um, that's what, that's it. In Queens, the Sheva High School got 88.4 and 87.4. And the public schools, 60.9. Pesiakov of Ramapo got 88. And the average of public school over there, 63. So the yeshivas are beating like 20%. Yeah, but they chose particular yeshivas, mostly the girls' schools. Rounding out the top 20 average better was Shalama School for Girls in Brooklyn, Congregation Machne Chaim, Torah Vadas High School, Masifta Teferis Yisrael, Base Yaakov High School of Spring Valley, Base Menachem, Rambam Masifta, Maimonides High School, Base Brocha of Carlin Stolen, and Yeshiva Or Shraga Devoretsky. Those that got 85.4 better. I know some of the Varetsky children, they're very uh, they're sharp kids there. And for the Das for sure. Um, the algebra, I'm not going to go through it, but the yeshivas got 9 out of 10 of the top private school scores in the state. <laughs> I mean, it was it's amazing. Machon, uh, Beis Yaakov, Hildeburn High School, Beis Yaakov High School for Girls, Bet Yaakov, Ateret Torah High School, Beth Jacob, Yeshiva Hashare HaTorah High School, and Torah Academy for Girls. And that's the, the ones that had 20% more than everybody else in the, you know, from the state. Seven out of the 10 top private school scores in global history regions were earned by yeshivas. I mean, it goes on in physics. It's just, it's amazing. And, and and I'm not going to you know bore you with it, but the but obviously Baruch Hashem we got bright kids and the, and the schools are doing a good job when they're teaching English, but not everybody's going to teach that. I think it's the wrong thing to stress. As I talked about last week, we teach the kids reasoning, we teach them how to analyze things, we 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 uh, we they get intellectual confidence. That's my phrase. I made it up. Intellectual confidence. We develop their character, and we teach the boys four languages, English, Hebrew, Yiddish, and Aramaic. And you show me one child in any public school or any private school in New York State that learns four languages and is proficient in four languages. I remember speaking to Ramosha Feinstein in Oshkenazis. That's Hebrew without the Sephardic pronunciation. When you learn Torah, it's impossible you can't speak a, a half-decent Hebrew. Aramaic, whether you speak it, you don't speak it, but you read it and you understand it. A person's learning Daf Yomi, he has to be able, if the person does he has to be able to do basic reading of, of Aramaic. And, and English and Hebrew, I mean, so we really have four languages for the boys. I mean, the girls don't do the, you know, the, the Gemara, but, and, and some of them do Yiddish, some don't do Yiddish. 
But we have, we we how can you compare schools? That's ridiculous. I, you don't have to go around there with the 87 point this and the 90.1.1. I mean, it's nice to show that, but we have a system. It's a good system. We got good kids. We got a good system. We have good teachers. And I know they, that they attacked the quality of the teachers in the, in the, uh, the yeshivas, especially in the Hasidic yeshivas. A lot of those people know. They know. I know. I was in, the, I was in those schools. I know, I know what we're talking about. They know. They, they, maybe they didn't have the college degrees. Big spiel. They're, they're capable. I, I, I think we're doing the wrong thing when we push the, the numbers. Anyway, I'm going to go on to tell you what, about this other part of our show, which is a reaction from the last week's show. Who runs this organization, the, the Tefillin uh, Awareness Program, TAP. But let me read to you his, his email. Good morning, Rabbi Wickler. I listened and enjoyed your radio program last week. I heard you speak about loud music and its non-reversible damage that it causes. I have a chesed project that gives out free earplugs for weddings. And that's when he tells me about the, the filling thing afterwards. Now, so let me just tell you, so anybody wants to take advantage of it, and, I, and I, I'll tell you the, the, the ups and the downs of it. And I'll give you a few other numbers too. So if you got your pen handy or pencil, or you got a good memory, <laughs> uh, here's the number for the Free earplugs for Gamach, uh, for the uh, for the Simchas. 718-377. For the Tefillin program, if you want to bring down this organization, not an organization, it's, it's, it's this one man who, who, who got top flight Seifrim, uh, two kinds of Seifrim, one that write, and one that fixed tefillin, physically fixed the tefillin, that would be called batmachers. They had two types. He's got two of these and two of those, or three of these and two of those, whatever he needs for the affair. And he takes them down to a shul yeshiva. They spend two, three, four, five, six hours there. And they, and I'm not joking about the hours, and they're getting things free that would cost them literally hundreds of dollars. Yes, they're getting free. So all those people who come... He, he guesstimates that he has dealt already, please don't, it's not an exaggeration, with 10,000 people. It's 12 years. He's done 600 events. He does one a week. And sometimes it's more than one a week, but it averages to one a week. And he's done, and you can imagine how many people come to them. I mean, we'll do the arithmetic. It's not so hard. If you had 600, 10,000, it's not such a big number. And what happens is if he has an yeshiva, the kids come and then the parents come and people in the neighborhood come. And if you have a shul, who knows? Maybe they tell all the shuls in the neighborhood to come. And and we, as we were talking back and forth, he told me he just got an invitation to go to Australia to bring this whole program to Australia. The only thing is it's going to cost $14,000. And that's a little bit of a money. So I don't know if anybody who's listening to me today or hearing this replayed who's interested in participating in such a program in Australia uh, wants to donate something you can just call them up and donate it 
to give him the whole fourteen thousand dollars and let me know you did it, so I can say, so I can say I did a favor for him. Seven one eight three seven seven six seven three five. And you'd like emails? I'll give you a simple one: Shell Roche S H E L Roche R O S H Shell Roche at Comcast dot net. Shell Roche at Comcast dot net. And it's the Torah Awareness Project, or you're calling what he calls Odishama, which is his free earplugs. Now, what he does is give you the free earplugs. Okay, free earplugs. How many do you get? 36 pair. But I don't think everybody's going to get you used, they're going to use them all. Because even if we, we would force people, we would threaten them, we're not going to serve you the main unless you put the earplugs in. Most people still won't do it. They had enough of the smorg. I don't have to eat the main. That's what I'll say. I don't have to eat the main. People don't. There's a there's an apprehension. I have not worn them yet. I I have them in the house and I don't take them. It's it's a shame. I'm going to start taking them. I just have to start taking them. I know many people who do who do it. Everyone in the band wears them, so you can get it now absolutely free. Put it out, and people will take. But do it in a nice way where the band won't get upset. Really, I don't care if the band gets upset, really. Between you and I, I don't care if the band gets upset. But they they tend to get upset. So put it in a, a little unobtrusive place. Let people know about it. Somehow or other, get them out. Let people use them. Each person who uses it, you might be preventing their hair loss. Serious hair loss. Now, while we're talking about, while we're talking about chasanas, and I and I, I got plenty more to do in the small time that's main, short time that's remaining. I observed something that was an absolute sakana at a chasen. I won't tell you what it is because I don't want anybody to figure it out. And and and, and there's the legal issues here. I mean, a person could get. I mean, this the this place could get closed down. I told them today about something that I observed, which is. Absolutely, Sakanis Nefashos, it could cause death that goes on at that wedding, at the wedding hall. It could literally kill people. I can't give you the details because they would give it away, and, I, and I'm scared that, that people would, uh, would, 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 would it be a challenge. They can go, who knows if there'll be a fine and whatever. I don't want to deal with that. But I told them immediately it must be taken care of, and they agreed with me 150%. Now, what the reason I'm telling you this is because there were plenty of people who saw this. What I saw, there were at least 30 people who saw it. Not Jagsray. At least 30 people saw it. One person went to the place and told them, this is dangerous. And they said, you're right. And they told me two reasons it's dangerous and it will be taken care of immediately. Why did I have to be the one reporting it? Why didn't everybody just run down, tell the, the head of the program there? I, I, I didn't do that. I wanted to make sure that I gave it over to the proper people. And I per- persevered immediately after the affair. I persevered immediately and took care of it. Baruch Hashem. But why is it that Something like that, which was absolutely a Sakana Gemura, which people 
actually saw and commented about. Nobody went to the com- to the company and to the place and told them the danger involved. So, the music makes noise. Is that a danger? Yes. I'm just learning it today with my chabrusa. I'm, I'm not exaggerating now. We're talking about if somebody blows in your ear with a with a trumpet, and he breaks your eardrums or does some damage, he's got to pay for it. Every literally, those people are mazikim. Now, they're not going to be called a mazik because you voluntarily went. You could have walked out. You could have sat on the other side of the room. You could have put the earplugs in. You could have brought your own earplugs. You could have skipped the, the chasana or come just to wish people mazel tov and run out. You could do what you want. No one forced you. But you want to be in the room and then blasting this thing. So it could very well be there. They're definitely... We, at least we call grammar. They're causing a, a permanent damage to your ear. And you see these people going around, you know, uh, with uh, hearing aids. Too many people wearing hearing aids. It's, it's unbelievable numbers of people wearing hearing aids today. Oh, they're getting small ones and this. You got it very delicate. You can almost not tell it's not the glasses. They hit it behind it this way, behind it that way. Oh, they're beautiful. But we banish them. What do we need that for? Why don't people just take care of it? Up front, let the band do it lower. That's the that's the problem. Now I'm going to give you uh, two more numbers because uh, I came across in the uh, Hakel has a gemach list. So they have this Od Yishama, which I just gave you the number for, and there's two more also: baby bonds and baby headphone gemach. Baby uh, headphone gemach to protect babies' ears from the loud music. Now, if your ears can handle it, but babies can't, and people take the babies to the hasana, and they have somebody there who's taking care of the baby. What are they going to do? So there's a special headphone gamak they put on the ears there. They call 718 718-258-0191. 718-258-0191. 0191 for the baby headphone gamach. And then there's another one called Baby Bonds, which is a noise-canceling earmuffs to be able to save the baby's ears from infant to two years old. And I'm going to give you one number just because it's easy for me to do that. But there are three numbers here. So if you call one, you got the others, okay. There's a Borough Park number and a Rockaway number and a Flatbush number. I'm giving you Flatbush. 917- Five four five three zero six five nine one seven five four five three zero six five. If you can't get this information down when I was talking, you can go to the uh, the the Hakel Gemach list, and you'll see these mentioned under Gemachs for the wedding. You know, uh, some uh, you know miscellaneous probably. Okay, the earplug Gemachs is called. So now. What about the tefillin? Oh, oh, I was going to read to this to you. Oh, I have my good friend, uh, <laughs> here Hoffman. I love his, uh, his, his, what he writes. Uh, even though he's, you know, he's stronger than I, he's, like, he's not like me. He's, he tells you right between the eyes. Very, very well prepared. Let me just read a few lines from one, an article that he did. It's actually not from this year. It's like, I think two years ago or something, but it's a great article. It's, 
I think it's called Chasana Noise, unless that's what I wrote down. Rabbi Yaya Hoffman, reading selections here. He's talking about giving treif at a wedding. Would you want a wedding that gave out treif? Of course not. Okay, so this is treif. The tarfus being referred to is a negation of three different mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of b'nishmata ma'od b'nafshoseichem. That's in Devorim Dalid Tes. B'nishmata ma'od l'nafshoseichem. You have to watch your, your body, your, your, yourself, very well. The mitzvah protecting our health and well-being. I know if you know, but the Rambam puts together uh, murder and watching your health in the same set of halakhos. He puts it together because he considers that if you don't watch your own health, if you're not careful, then you're a murderer. That's what the Rambam holds. Number two, there's a pasuk in Devarim, Perek Dalid, Tesvav. Rak hi shamir Most poskim hold that's a second mitzvah of watching your safety. Now, um, there's, a, there's a third mitzvah of a chaybahem. You shall live by them. In Vayikra, Yudches, Hey. So these are three different chiyuvim responsibilities that we have to protect ourselves. When people, and I mean, he goes through, I don't have time for it now. It's very interesting. If you have a chance to read his article, it was in the Five Towns uh, Jewish Times, FTJT, uh, Rabbi Yair Hoffman, write down Hasana noise. You'll get, the, you'll get it in a second. He discusses how the inner the ear works. Very interesting. And how the hairs inside work and how the noise destroys these hairs, these hair cells. And uh, what's interesting is that human hair cells never grow back. So at 85 decibels, you're, you're starting to get problems. The, pro- the, the scary thing is that these problems don't always come about immediately. They show up later in life. So it's important to protect yourself, even though oh, I'm young, never heard of anybody my age having a problem. <laughs> No big deal. I'm, I'm macho. Yeah, okay, good luck to you. Now, he said another thing is that the louder the sound, the shorter the amount of time it takes for noise-induced hearing loss to happen. Now, Yair Hoffman is a caterer. I mean, he has a few jobs. He's a Rebbe, but he's also a caterer. And, and, and he has a, a catering at an affair. So I hope he controls things there. I was at one of his weddings. I didn't remember any problem with the noise. And it was a very small area. The place where he, has, he usually has his weddings, a very small area. By the way, Ria Hoffman is very unique. I said to him, what about the, uh, how do you deal with the, uh, with the, uh, with the ovens? You know, you, you come into place, you have to kosher it. He said, I have my own ovens. <laughs> I said, I had a, a warmer, an oven? I have my own ovens. He stores them. I'm not going to tell you where he stores them, but he stores them and brings them to the Hasana Hall. 
So he doesn't even use the ovens in the Hasanah. Very, very strict gentleman who's taking care of the kashras on a very high level. I mean, you got to trust him, right? Because he's very, very, very serious about the job. Anyway, so Yair says over here that he went ahead. Uh, here's the, this is cute. A refrigerator hums at 45 decibels. Human beings speak at 60 decibels. A rov can speak about 80 decibels. Manhattan city traffic hits 90 decibels. A revving motorcycle can hit 100 decibels. A siren goes to 120 decibels. An Uzi machine gun is about 140 decibels. So what does a band hit? <laughs> what level do they hit? Now, at an actual wedding, he 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 was near the band, and he had and he and he got the, I don't know how, what they they used, but they were able to tell how high the decibel level is. He's got a little machinka, he's a little you know a piece of um, uh, of equipment that checked and it showed that it reached a hundred and forty two. That's more than a machine gun. Deafening. At the tables. Well, you couldn't hear the you couldn't even hear normal conversation it was above 110 that's the level somewhere of a siren or a revving motorcycle almost as much as a siren at the table so sitting at the table is not safe i was at a simple it was a bar mitzvah it wasn't a wedding it was a bar mitzvah it was terrible i had to get out of there and i watched a lot of people would did not stay in the room. They actually gravitated out. It was a place you could easily gravitate out, but they gravitated out. They did not want to stay in the room. It was just absolutely too noisy. But the kids had a great time. So then they're not they didn't get old yet and they didn't want under the damage. But they the kids had a great time, but the, everybody past the kids walked out. There was no adults dancing. I'm not joking. That's what I saw myself. It was just a few weeks ago. So it's too high. Now, let me just tell you um, what he says over here. What should be done? He said that we should be making sure that the noise level at the table should not be higher than 85 decibels. I hope that's possible. I assume it is. We should measure this to ensure compliance. That machine that he has that measures it, I'm sure it's not a million dollars. And if you want, somebody will get smart, one of my listeners, and say, I'm starting a gamach, <laughs> and I'm getting that little machinka, and, and it would be, it's better than the machine gun, and we're going to put it out and give it to anybody who wants to borrow it and who's going to control the band. And then we won't be, they won't be upset with putting out earplugs, because we don't need to put out earplugs if, we, if they didn't go too high. That's what he's suggesting. Now he writes at the end about the Ben Yishchai and a few other people. Listen to this. The Ben Yishchai writes that a person should make every effort to ensure the general safety of both himself and those around him. This was a Pasha's Pinchas. He said it. Cycle number two. The Ben Yishchai says you have to be responsibility to make sure your zone is safe and everybody around you. The Ture Zov, in his commentary to Choshen Mishpat, 
cites a medrash on Shira Shirim, that when one does this and protects himself from dangers and damage, not only is he protected, but he gets schar for the mitzvah. So it's not just, I'm okay, I'll be all right. If you prevent this, like we're doing, trying to do now, if you prevent people from getting damage to their ears, and especially to you yourself, that it's considered not just you're protecting yourself, but it's considered to be a mitzvah. You want to see it, the two ways of, it's in so, tough, try to translate from English, tough, chaf, zayin, yud. Tough chaf, zayin, yud, in choysh and mishpat, the Torah is of. And you'll see very interesting things over there. So that gives you a little bit about the noise. Now, I, I see that I'm almost out of time, so I'm just going to give you a brief piece about uh, this this rabbi, uh, not rabbi, he's a mister, Mr. Schachter, about his work with the uh, Fill-In Awareness Project. And I hope I'm going to be doing a more thorough job on this show, but I definitely plan to do something in the magazine because I was very impressed by it. You know, I'm an amateur. I'm not a cipher. Never trained as a cipher. I don't know how to do any of the things that these bottom markets can do. I can't even tie a knot. I can adjust a knot, but I can't tie a knot. That's filling. But I adjust people's filling all the time. And uh, I have, have competition because other people in the shoals that I go to also do it. So Baruch Hashem. But this is a different world. I want to tell you what they do on the Tfilin project here. Listen to what they do. They adjust the placement of the Rosh. Okay, that's what I'm doing all the time. The Yad. Okay, I adjust that too sometimes. Both knots are checked. The blackness, if it's not black, they blacken it with the ink. The width and condition of the Ritsuos. That's very important. The width of the Ritsuos. The the, the width has to be a certain number of centimeters wide. I don't know if it's 11 or 13 that's the, what they're recommending, but there's a certain width at which it's too little and it's not valid. Even though it's it's uh, wide in one place, it may not be wide in another place. And if you remember, when you're putting on the tefillin shaliyad, you give it a jerk. When you put that tefillin on, when you say the bracha, you give it a pull. That place where you give it the pull, it weakens it. And over time, it's thinned out. No question about it. And, and, and a similar thing happens in the, on the back of the head as well. Sometimes it's at the area where it goes into the mabarta, when it's going the back, where the strap goes through, back of the fillin, or down at the, where the kesher is, where the knot is. You very often have a wear and tear Sometimes it's uh, just the, the blackening goes away. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's the uh, it's 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 not wide enough anymore, and they're examining it. And then the tefiros, the place where the tying is done in the back of you see the back of the tefillin, underneath side of the tefillin, right? The underneath side, there's a it's where they tie the tefillin. And you could see it. You can see it on the top too, but it's hard to. It's blackery on the top. On the bottom, you see the white versus the the uh, 
the skin of the uh, you know the the, the behema. So you see this they use gidim, the sinews to do the uh, sewing, and the sewing has to be done properly. Many times the sewing is ripped, and I ha- I have one picture that uh, Mr. Shachter sent me of an extra hole in the tefillin that somebody made. Obviously, a bad sofer. <laughs> he made two holes instead of one, and, uh, and, and it's invalid. So the, the, these are things that they check. And he showed me a number of chatzitos where there was something sitting in the back. A kid left it on. There's a little sticker, you know, the new tefillin that had a little sticker on the back. He never took the sticker off. That's a chatzitza between him and the tefillin. It's a nothing. It's still nothing, right? But it's called a chatzitza. It's not supposed to be there. It's interrupting between his skin and the tefillin. So that's a problem. Had to be removed. Then a big deal, but it, it, he didn't, it, he, the boy didn't realize it. And then the ribua, that it should be actually square. All of the sewing has to be perfectly square. So all of this is checked. But not by a person like me who has a general idea, by experts. I know some of these cipher. I saw the pictures. I have like a I have already maybe a hundred pictures of the of the work that they did. They have thousands of pictures because it's six hundred different times. And there's a video. A video you should all see. I, I would love to send you the video, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult thing for me to send it. So I don't know if I'm gonna send it, but it's a great video. Anybody who wants to show it to people who want to have this program will be able to get that video. It is wonderful video of a real situation, of recent, by the way. So if you're interested in this project, not a very big deal. Just make the telephone call and you can sign them up for your shul or for uh, maybe if, if your shul is small, so maybe you want to get a bigger thing, a yeshiva, or maybe several shuls together, whatever you want to do, uh, it's called Tefillin Awareness Program, TAP, and uh, I'm going to give you a second number. I gave you before the number of 718-377-6735. You can use that number for, for the Tefillin or for the earplugs, or you can use this number as well, 646 776 2220. Again, 646-776-2220. I ask you one favor. Mr. Schachter is at Sadek. He's spending all this time. He hasn't got a lot of time. He's a very busy man. And there's no panos in this. His panos is elsewhere. Uh, you're going to do it? Do it. But uh, don't waste time on the phone. I'm telling you, You'll never forget it. It, it. it was worth you tuning in a hundred times over just to get that little telephone number and to use it effectively. So this is uh, a little bit what we were discussing this week, some of these highlights. And uh, hopefully next week we'll go further into the topic. And let me give you now our telephone number if you want to reach us anytime during the week, 718 336 8544. Again, 718 718- Three three six eight five four four, or you can reach me at kashrus, k a s h r u s at aol dot com, k a s h r u s at aol dot com, and I'll give you one more time, Mr. Shachter's number, six four six seven seven six two 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 zero. Don't ask him any kashrus questions, and don't ask me any tefillin questions. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, wishing you, a, the editor of Cautious Magazine, wishing you a wonderful week.